Now, I'm going to start with a wee story. There was once a minister who asked his Kirk session, why do we come to church? What is the purpose of coming to church? And they all sat and looked at him, and then their eyes went to the floor, and they muttered things like, well, uh, what does it mean? Well, you've got to be kind, and you've got to be good, and, and you've got to come to church. And not one of them, not one of his elders, said anything about worshipping Jesus. Well, when I read of that incident, and it's maybe five or six years ago now, I happened to have, coming up, a deacon's court meeting in Larbert East. We, Larbert East no longer has a deacon's court, but in those days we did. And so I took the brave step of asking my deacons, why do we come to church? Well, imagine my relief when back came the answer to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. If they hadn't said that, I would have thought that at that time, what was over 20 years of ministry in Larbert East had really had very little effect whatsoever. So this morning, I'm going to ask you a question as well. I don't want you to answer this question out loud. I don't want you to say it to anybody else. If you're watching online, it also applies to you. Why are you watching rather than why are you here in church? Why have you come to church? Why have you come to church? I hope that your answer has something to do with the picture on the screen, a picture of people worshipping. Because that is our whole reason for following Jesus. Now, in the scripture passage that Jean read to us before our last hymn, we see these words, and these should come up on the screen now if I've remembered my PowerPoint correctly. And these words are taken from the Good News Bible of um, the New Testament, because I feel the good news, but well, actually, I can tell you, having been a teacher and done what was known as the gobbledygook test on a, a page of written words, it is, uh, has an uh, easier reading age than the New International Version. So, Jean read to us, where is the baby born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star when it come up in the east, when it came up in the east, and we have come to worship him. That was the reason, as we've already heard, the wise men were searching for the new king. But I want to think more about the story of the wise men, and first of all, particularly King Herod. Let's think about being upset. Herod was so upset with the news that the wise men had come to worship a new king, a new king of the Jews, that he sent for the chief priests and teachers of the law because he wanted to, them to tell him 
where the prophets foretold that the Messiah or the special new king would be born. Now, it's a subject for another day and perhaps a whole sermon in itself, but Herod should have known those answers himself as a Jew, but he didn't. He had to ask the wise men, uh, sorry, the uh, prophets and the teachers of the law why the wise men had come seeking a new king. He was upset that they wanted someone else as their king. He was upset that they wanted to worship Jesus. He was upset not because it was wrong, but because he didn't want to hear it. And there's a picture of what we are like, whatever age we are, even if we don't put our hands over our ears, when we don't want to hear something. So have you ever been upset by something that you've heard when you've come to church? I know I have. But I was upset when I heard the minister say that Jesus wasn't the Son of God. And that was in the Church of Scotland. That's indescribably awful. It's heresy. But what about all of us here? What's upset us when we've come to church? Was it because it was something that was wrong? Or was it because what we heard made us realize we've been in the wrong? Perhaps we'd said or done something that we shouldn't. Or was it because we just didn't like it? even though it may have been true. If something's wrong, it's okay to be upset by it. But if it's because it's something we need to hear, but we don't want to hear, and we put our hands over our ears, even in our imagination, then it's actually something we need to hear. And if we've been upset by something just because it's, different from what we're used to, then maybe change is good for us as well. Because the most important thing in our lives is Jesus. He is the one whom we come to worship. Whatever a church service might be like, whether it's full of modern songs or old-fashioned songs, and believe me, don't I know it, it's always the hymns that cause the comments. I didn't ken that song this morning. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful to have some good old hymns that we, we recognize? I don't like the organ. I much prefer the praise band. I prefer the praise band, not the organ. The organ should be thrown out. I've heard it all, and probably you have as well. So, whether it's a praise band, whether it's an organ, whether it's an old hymn or a new hymn, why do we sing them? To worship Jesus. We cannot truly worship unless we remember 
who we worship. So Herod was upset, and sometimes we get upset as well, but maybe we need to. And that leads me to my second point, which is about unfair. Because when Herod called the visitors from the east to a secret meeting, as we read, he sent them to Bethlehem, telling them in these words, go and make a careful search for the child, and when you find him, let me know, and that I too may go and worship him. From verse 8 in Matthew 2, as Jean read to us. Now Herod tried to find out where the new king was, not to worship him, but to get rid of him. And we all know the horrible thing that he did that follows on in Matthew chapter 2, ordering the death of all baby boys under the age of two. It's an awful story. But it just goes to show that it must be true, because if it was all made up, would you include such an awful detail around the story of the birth of Jesus and such grief and pain and sadness? Herod wanted rid of Jesus. He wanted to kill him so that he could stay king. Unfair, unjust, wrong. Herod wanted to sit on the throne in his life, not Jesus. Now, I want all of us to imagine for a moment that there is a throne in our hearts. I know there isn't a real one. That's not even a real throne, the picture of it. But just imagine there is that imaginary pretend, or if you want the posh word, metaphorical throne sitting in your heart. Whoever or whatever sits on that throne is what or who we worship. It could be, for example, money. Now, money. I don't want to get into the politics of all the people who are striking at the moment, wanting more money. I know that some people are struggling to make ends meet. I've spent a year on one pension, so I know what it's like to struggle to make ends meet. And if you don't know what the Church of Scotland minister's pension is like, ask Nadia over there and she'll tell you. So some people do need a better income. But some people just want more money. So for the sake of it, money is what they worship. And the other picture there, a picture of family. Now, I love my family more than life itself. I would give my life for them. But I don't worship them. I worship Jesus. Whoever sits on the throne of our hearts and in our lives is what or who we worship. Because all of us may be able to fool other people, even all of the time. We may look good on the outside. We may look the most wonderful Christian, the most 
godly, Christ-like, peace-filled person. But God knows what's on the inside. He knows, you know. He knows who we worship. So when it comes to worshipping, Herod was upset at having been pushed off the throne of his life. But God knew that his intentions to get rid of Jesus were unfair, unjust, downright evil. He worshipped power and self. So I'm going to conclude with that same question again. Who do we worship? Is it the child in the manger who grew into the man on the cross? Who gave his life for us and rose again? Is that whom we worship? Amen.